Hey, friends. It's Davion. It's Bruce. And, and this, this is Oh, That's, that's my, my Gay, gay friend. friend. Episode number 37. Hello. Hey, people out there. Hey, husband. How are you tonight? I'm good, husband. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored. Amen and amen. And welcome, friends, to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by Do Wipes Medicated. When you want to give your whole a little extra special attention. That TLC is definitely deserved yeah. sometimes. Baby, it's good. Do wipes are the shit. Literally yes. and figuratively. It, it's dude wipes. So if you want to get it, it's available on Amazon. I buy in bulk. <laughs> FYI. Yes. Sponsorship. Sponsorship. So, hey, friends, you guys ready to get into some things tonight? Yes, and we can start with this cocktail order. That's right. You guys know what time it is. It happens each and every week. So go ahead and get your cocktail ready. And while you gather your libation, we'll tell you our libation selection for tonight and give you an update on our past week. So tonight, husband, you are having a wonderful glass of beautiful what? Water. Hydration is very important. It's all about hydration, everyone. What are you drinking? I am having a margarita. Apparently, there was it was National Margarita Day. I believe that was this past Wednesday. So, I am continuing the celebration with the people. A little strawberry margarita with some reposado tequila. So, all right, friends, you have your libation. Let's go ahead and get this clank, clank, clank going. So, cheers, clank, 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 clank. clank. And while you sip, I will touch on something from last week, which was the audio quality of our podcast. (laughs) Now, I know we've come a long way, friends, but every now and then, you fuck up. And last week was a testament (laughs) of that. We listened to the playback, and we were like, well, shit. (laughs) It was a slight echo on my end, and seeing how neither one of us are sound engineers and the episode was just too good to scrap. It we was said, too fuck good. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, listen, you, if you guys heard something, just, you know, you heard a little extra Davion. That's all it was. It was just Davion with some sprinkles on top. Uh, yes, you can look at it that way. But other than that, you want to get into our actual week? Yeah, what so tell done? me, how was your week, husband? My week was extremely eventful. It was it consisted mainly of me running errands in preparation for my birthday weekend. Yes, this come weekend. on, birthday weekend. Yes, a lot of a lot of moving parts and fun to be had. Uh, circling back around with invites and friend friends, making sure that they are coming to the festivities. Now, do you think the people are ready? To celebrate all, which is you. I don't think that they are. Uh, it's a long time in the making. It is um, definitely going to be a fun night. Yes. I, libations for all. Because you know I'm not a party. Right. I'm you not a party not person. I'm uh, not, you're not that party. Like, I'm a no. get together. Like, a get, get together type of guy. Like, come over to the house. Come in the backyard. Hang and on. let's kiki. But I'm not like a destination. Like, let's meet at the club or... Yeah. No, but this you hardly year, ever talk about initiating going to a club, first of all. So. Exactly. Yeah. So, new year, new me. All right. Let's do some new shit. There we go. And what about your week? My week was good. Yeah. Yeah. All considering, right. It was, it was good. There was some heaviness in the week. Um, through colleagues and, and different people that we've, we've seen, um, that we helped out, but you know, I, 
try not to bring that home with me. Um, so I used the gym, I used the sauna as my therapeutic method, and I had a lot of insight this week on a lot of childhood drama of mine. And it was really, really good. And I'm thinking about doing something um, with that. So let me talk that. Let me talk what's in my brain. So normally, when I get out the sauna, I'm in there for like 45 minutes, sometimes an hour. Mm -hmm. And about 95 percent of the time, once I get out, I have these very insightful moments. You know, the detoxing and all this things kind of come out your body. Mm -hmm. So my brain goes to a lot of different places. And so then it recently, the past year, it's been going to different things I've been through or more importantly, like since October, um, childhood stuff or whatever in life and friendships and whatever. So I have these very deep and thoughtful, um, things that happen. And then I, process and talk as if I'm in therapy with myself and because I'm a therapist that's what I do and it's really good, it's some really good shit <laughs> so I'm thinking of I write some things down so I'm thinking of doing the excerpt at some point in life or what have you for that that can help someone so that's all well that sounds exciting yeah I just came up with the thought the last on Tuesday night, when it when I had something really major, like just come to my forefront, and I was like, "Wow, I just processed that, and I didn't have to pay nobody; I paid myself." So, yeah, but that was my week. Um, I know this past weekend we saw Ant Man. Yes, together on we did Friday, Friday night. No, the, Friday night, yeah. Friday, okay. We had a date night. We went to both. We went to was Hollywood. We saw mm -hmm. Paul. Yeah, the yes. show. We went to. Bozeka Louie mm. had that experience mm. and then saw Ant-Man. So what was your thoughts about Ant-Man? It was cute okay. um, for me as a huge Marvel comic book fan and a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan. I find myself uh, the last few films not necessarily getting the feels that I did initially okay so for me this movie while i do consider it good i don't think that it'll be a movie i'll need to go back and rewatch anytime soon like ever um <laughs> because it was fun and cute for what it was but nothing that transpired during the movie is like okay i need to revisit this or i need to experience this um again it Marvel movies are slowly becoming like movies that I don't necessarily need to see opening night. Like maybe, you know, the following weekend. But we used to see them all the time opening night. So what's changed with that? Um, yeah, it's just not the, the story. I feel like the overall story of the universe is not as strong as it was before um, the Avenger, Avengers Infinity Wars. Okay. Like, all of the movies back then led up to that moment. So it was like an overarching theme and they were all connected somehow. And that feeling of a really tight, succinct story is no longer there. And I feel like all of the movies are kind of just doing their own, own independent, their own independent <laughs> thing. And as time goes on and the movies goes on, go on, they're all getting a little sillier. Like they're, Used to be they they used to be action movies with comedy thrown in, but now they're like full blown comedy, <laughs> like <laughs> full full blown like 
sitcoms with like superpowers <laughs> especially that last thor movie my god it was that was funny it was slapstick i felt like really i was, was watching a sketch of a thor movie instead of an actual, actual thor, thor movie um and that's just not my speed okay so yeah now what did you think i thought it was too much sci-fi spoiler alert sorry if you guys haven't seen it yet but I am not a sci-fi guy by no means. You know that about me. This is not that's not my genre. I don't get down with that. And so the first two Edmonds is my shit. Like I like Edmund. First of all, I like Paul Rudd. Like he's highly to me. So I want to support him, but then the first two were just different from this. This went to the quantum realm and I'm not, I'm not giving too much away, but it was very sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And I was just like it was at one point I, I wanted to look at you. Was like I can just go to sleep because I mean, well, there were a few moments where you I did. only closed my eyes one time. It was one time, uh-huh. but you know, I echo what you're saying. Um, do I need to see this one again? Probably not. Seen it, supported, and yeah. Hopefully they do something different with the next one coming up or whatever next Marvel film is going to be out i know we'll watch it so mm-hmm. just kind of ease on the sci-fi like i know that the was it the garden of the galaxies even with that being like that's kind of sci-fi but i can deal with that that's not as heavy this was heavy sci-fi shit oh yeah it was all green screen well i mean yeah. guardians of the galaxy is all green screen because they're not filming no but space, i'm just saying but... like the the creature I'm like what the fuck kind of creature is this like i was it was, it very, was very like star wars that's what it and was it i was don't do star, star wars. wars that's not my that's not my gig you know, um, so I pay it. So, yeah. So that was Friday. And then Saturday, we went to an artist of yours that you really love. I was introduced to her through a person that we saw in a concert, but we went to the Joyce Rice concert yes. in El Rey, at the yes. El Rey Theater. I'm Saturday. a huge Joyce Rice fan. Uh, if you enjoy early 2000s r&b she is your girl she reminds me of a marie when she first came out that very like fun light mid-tempo dancey good harmonies r&b saw her at the l ray i always forget how much how nice the l ray is like it's just an open space yeah where you just stand but every place you stand is like a good view of the stage so give you and you what is enjoyable about it for me is you can like dance and move it's not like super small seats that are cramped together where if you stand up you're like bumping into someone i just hate how venues especially in la have cramped so many seats in where you can't you can't even move and enjoy yourself yeah um so yeah we went with two of our friends um and we know we enjoyed ourselves we had a good time I just need them to have more lean up space. Like I'm at the age now, I need to lean up and post up. You know, I'm not standing two feet down the whole time. I need to lean on something a you little need bit. A good so. banner, a good I did. I found the rail. little corner. I found a little stairway, a little rounded corner wall situation. I was great for the rest of the night. But it was it was a good show. Um, I was thoroughly surprised at how many people really were there for her. Like I didn't know she She's has a out. following like yeah. that. She did sell out. So that was that was amazing. And that was good for her. So I hope that she gets a bigger venue the next time she has something and, and yeah. has a great career. Onward but, and upward. Yeah. So that was 
pretty much our weekend, right? No, yeah, that was our weekend. That was our week. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're done. So, yeah. So, on to these hot topics. Good time hat. Right. So, you ready to get into the shits? Well, the first topic we have. You mentioned this to me the other night, and I was so blown away in the bed that I had to have you play this like 15 damn times because mm-hmm. it was just so crazy and amazing to me. So there is a recording of Whitney Houston or a Whitney Houston AI, which AI stands for artificial intelligence, um, singing Mariah Carey's My All. Yes. So similar to these past few weeks where AI images of people were all over the social medias where they, you know, you submit 10 or 12 of your pictures and they turn you into a fucking fantasy elf nymph or whatever. (laughs) Right. They are, there's the technology out there where they can essentially do the same thing, but with your voice and have you say or sing things that you didn't really record. Uh, How exactly that technology works. I have no idea. But we want you to listen to this recording. Mind you, we do not own the rights to this, so don't no one come for us about this shit. But you guys check it out for yourself and tell us what you think. So, yeah, that was the clip. That was the clip. So, your first thoughts when you first heard it, what did you think? My mouth was agape. Well, one, the first time I heard it, it was a smaller clip than that. And all I could think about was, okay, I need the full song. Like, I need the absolute full song. And my second thought was, okay, this is terrifying and scared. (laughs) If Whitney never went to the studio, which she didn't, and record this track, how is it that we have this track that is sung by her? And then my mind went into like the dangers of this technology. And yeah. What yeah is I think I secretly think that her and, Mar- and Mariah and Whitney probably had a low Kiki had some weed and wine and probably did do some recordings together. Like I really, my lamb mine and Whitney, she never had a name for her people. The coquette. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Right. Yes, the we um yes the, <laughs> the <sword. laughs> and the lambs okay, 
The we, lines. <laughs> the lambs and the lines. The lambs, yeah. the, lambs and the lines. There we go. There we lambs go. and lines. We, they had a weed and wine night in the studio. And I think Whitney secretly recorded my all. And Mariah probably did some, you know, I'm your baby tonight. Some shit. Like, I just feel that in my head. That's my fantasy. But I was very surprised. And I was like, wow. It was certain parts. I'm like, this sounds exactly like how Whitney was seeing this song. Mm-hmm. Like, I was really taken back. And there were some parts you can tell it was like, okay, this is not like the it. Real, yeah. But the clip you first played me, like that that little small snippet, it was about maybe 30 seconds. That really showcased, like, this could really have been Whitney Houston singing yeah. the song. Yeah, and the clip that I had was literally just the last 30 seconds of that clip that uh, was just played. But, yeah, like, for me, this is like a fantasy because I've always secretly wanted to hear Whitney Houston in her prime sing some of Mariah's songs just to hear how that voice would sound to those hits. Um, and, you know, and vice versa, of course. So, yeah, this was it, this gave me everything that I It gave I my needed. baby. It was 1 o'clock in the morning. He, I had you play that shit like 15 times. I know. Our gay hearts were exploding <laughs> in our bed. It really was. There was rainbows everywhere and glitter. But this, I mean... To me, I feel is potentially extremely dangerous. Not, <laughs> but seriously, not only now can you make, and you know, especially with the the apps and the face changing, and you can like make videos of yourself looking like someone else. Right now, not only can you do that, but you can make kind of recordings yeah. of people fucking singing, you know, up tempo remakes re- and covers. It's like what. I God wonder how that would go. So, oh, I wonder if I can get an AI to call you one day. Like, would you tell the difference between me or and an AI? And that's the danger, that's the- <laughs> because God forbid someone call someone and say something that is, you know, it, it. America right now is already polarized. Can you imagine in red states if someone has like a newscast and says something completely fucking stupid? Yeah, they're already believing dumb stuff. Like the election wasn't was rigged and all rigged, so yeah. it's like God forbid what some cool, you know nut in Russia can put on someone's television. But screen. see, my thing would be how like if you ask a question like, "Hey, babe, how was your day?" I'm just curious to how does the AI know how to respond, how I normally would respond to you. You know what I'm saying? Like I get that you can mimic the voice and and all that and the different um, ways that someone speak, but. Just the natural responses of something, like the nuances. Oh, I'm just, sure that can be that can be duplicated. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just curious to know, like, if the, if that did, I will look into that and see and, and try to see can I call you one day from AI and see if you know it's me or the fake me. Well, if you got that much time on your hands, go back in that sauna. <laughs> I'm telling hey, the thought. Listen, I was in the sauna today. Thoughts come to my brain, so it's kind of like that clip in. It's my favorite movie. Um, First White Club, when Goldie Hawn is oh. exercising. And she's like, you're right. She's, I do my best thinking on the treadmill. Like, I'm telling you, my best thinking happens in the sun. I'm telling you. Okay. So, moving on. You have some exciting news. Or <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not. Depending on how you want to take this next topic. So, go ahead. Okay, so this past week, UK BuzzFeed sat down with Pink and asked her to rank all of her favorite videos that she's done in her career okay coming in dead last 
was the Lady Marmalade video that she did with Christina Aguilera, Maya, and Lil' Kim. An honorable mention, Missy Elliott. Okay. So, of course, that struck a chord with UK BuzzFeed, and they asked, well, why is that your least favorite video? Because, Loki, that's, like, her most popular video. Popular video. Right. And her direct quote was, I'm all about fun, and it was, like, a lot of fuss. She went on to mention, there were some personalities. Kim and Maya were nice, and left it at that. <laughs> so, the internet went ablaze, and especially on Twitter, their respective fans. Okay. Uh, these girls are from a, a portion of time where they didn't have names. They did so. not. Ex-tinas. <laughs> so there's Extinas and, and the, uh, the Pinks. I the mean, pink. I don't know. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah, they're from an era where you, you know, were just yeah, fa- a fan. Uh, were claiming sides and throwing shade at one another and uh, people were listing all the Grammys that Christina has and Ooh. people were listing, you know, all how acrobatic <laughs> pink is. I don't know. <laughs> She's like, she can actually lift into the air. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Christina, I love you, baby. You look amazing and great. That was, that was kind of shade. Sorry. That was very shady. But, <laughs> we'll lead to something else, but we're talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so that leads me to ask, whose side are you on? You so listen, okay. Lady Marmalade video, that video was iconic. It took all of their efforts for that song to be what it was. Let's just say that. So we have to give that now. Oh yeah, it's an ensemble. It's totally. Ensemble cast. Now, everyone knows Christina had a reputation of having some challenges, possibly. But when you have a voice like that, you have the right to have some fucking challenges. I w- listen, if my fucking sing like that, you goddamn my head would be out in the fucking clouds. You can't tell me shit. That being said, I know that I'm kind of sarcastic, a little bit kind of truth. But listen, I I think kindness goes a long way, right? Oh, absolutely. I've never met Christina before. I think she probably is a wonderful girl, but I can believe it. And that also at that point, like. She was Christina Aguilera, you know, and this is Pink. And so I don't know if there was a beef on the set or what have you, but, you know, it happens. Every, everyone, is, everyone is not meant to get along or be your friend. So, Very true. And celebrities are not excluded from that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, hey, I'll work with you. Keep it pushing, you know. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Who are so answer your question? Sorry, yeah, so before you ask me the question, I'm team Christina all day. I, I love Pink, Pink is great, she's fun, but I need her to do another black album like her first one because this new album is not it. So I'm ex Tina all day. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, if we're looking at material and music wise, of course, I would have to go with Christina. Because she actually has material that I like listening to. I'm sorry, not for nothing. But Pink's last like four albums have all sound identical. It's like you have the ballad with the piano where she's talking about, you know, you're ugly but you want to be pretty. I don't know. like, <laughs> it, You know, it's like the sad song that's like uplifting and makes you feel good about yourself. And the, the faux rock song. Like all her shit just has bled into one another that I completely lost interest way back in the mid-2000s. 
Um, but yeah, Christina, all the way for me. Now, see, I love Pink's "The Truth About Love." That was probably one of my favorite albums, probably besides her first one, and that came out in 2012. Like "The Truth About Love" is amazing. I think that's when she kind of started to go into that rock era of music, and she started to do the acrobatics. I want to say that was like the first um, time that happened. I also had a friend that danced on that tour with that. I wonder how she's doing. Anyway, sorry. Um, I digress. But, well, that's the beef with Christina and Pete. Well, did they ever comment? Or it was just their friends who said some shit? Well, or did, or did, I'm sorry. Well, did Christina comment no, back to Christina me? never uh, made a comment. She actually, back, back in the day, early 2010s, she had mentioned on, I believe, Watch What Happens Live with, uh, with Andy. Andy. Because he had talked about he had asked her a question about the video like Christina and Pink's contention with one another has kind of Still. dated back with Carson and uh, no Fred Dirks is the cause or is it Carson or is it I'm about to say Carson Cressley um, Carson Daly is that is, I think you're thinking about something else okay go, go back with me to TRL people early 2000s I want to say there was some wasn't there a beef with Christina and Fred Dirks and it Christina was. and then Carson or Carson Daly was involved in some shit at Pink also, or the, am I making this w- up? The beef with Christina and Fred Durst was he performed with her on the VMAs and that was at a time when, like, if you're rock, it was cool to shit on pop. And they asked him, like, why did you do it? And he was like, I did it all for the nookie. And then she came back and was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> like, you fucking, <laughs> you lame. And that's where their beef stemmed from. Um, I don't know. I just maybe I was just pulled pink Daly. into this. And yeah, the, you just dragged pink. It was listen. Around. The early two thousands TRL was the shit. Okay, if we can go back for a moment, I would definitely take a snapshot in that time frame because that was amazing. That was a significant time in life. It was a moment in time. It was a moment in time. Uh, but keeping in the same thread of TRL, we are going to move on to one of the prominent artists of that time and only of that time for me. Uh, Eminem. <laughs> yes, so Eminem files an opposition against Giselle Bryant and Robin Dixon for using Shady in the podcast title. Now, listen, girl. Miss Eminem, if you don't sit your little blonde hair ass down, you trademark a saying from the gay culture, and now you want to sue the girls because you feel like People will get confused about branding your Slim Shady and them using the Shady, uh, what's the reasonably shady. reasonably shady podcast. If you don't sit your five of ass down before I make change, I'm not here for this. I My mind has not went to Eminem or Slim Shady once in the past 10 years, let alone when Robin and Giselle created their podcast. I, I don't like... There's no way a Bravo fan, and only probably Bravo fans listen to their show, right? Would even think of Eminem in the same. Don't process. even listen to his music. Yeah, they're complete different demographics. So what he did was actually because this was in people. So what he has done now has shed light to them, which was showed light to Potomac and also their podcast to have more people want to tune in. And now we're talking about it. So. Thank you for supporting the girls, um, because now this is what has done to bring them into People Magazine. Yeah, it definitely has made his issue worse and their issue better. Exactly. So it's going to have an adverse 
effect and I don't see anyone in their right mind siding with Eminem because it's such a shady is such a broad it's a gay word. turn that came from Paris is burning like it's so the gays had broad, it first so if you know. anyone should be suing someone it should be us suing your ass using our terminology again in America y'all has come for the gays to steal our shit and then turn it to your own thing so like I can understand that their podcast was called like shim shady or skim right. shady but like reasonably shady that that has nothing I mean and nothing. your name is Eminem based off of the Eminem candies and you spell it differently but come on like if your whole career your whole image is copyright infringement yeah I don't I'm sorry I'm, I'm speaking from a lamb energy right now so you know we don't know her that, not at all <laughs> So, we just thought that you guys should be aware of that. So, if you care enough to <laughs> to want to um, side with anyone, please let us know on Oh That's My Gay Friend IG page. Let us know who you feel is in the right. Should it be Eminem? Or do Giselle and Robin have the right to choose to use the word shady? As we all do. Yeah, but I don't know where his... He got the kahunas. He'd be like, I'm going to sue these broads because they, because my fans will feel like they don't know the merch from them and me. Like, come on. Yeah. His fans are like all white middle America. Right. And now them dudes are like his fan base, you know, probably in their like mid thirties now, early forties, hopefully still in the, basement. in the basement of their mothers. No, they're still there. They're still there. <laughs> you think so? Playing their PS5. No, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to typecast his people. So that'd be, it's that's unfair to them. Not shade if it's true. You said that last week. So, <laughs> is that your have you ever wonder why? Right. <laughs> have you ever wonder why? No, that is not my have you ever wonder why. Do you have one? I do. And I want to know this, friends. Have you ever wondered why when you go out to pick up food, it's a takeout, takeaway. If you're in the East Coast, they call it takeaway. West Coast, we call it takeout. And once you pay your bill, there's an option to leave a tip. Where, why is there an option to leave a tip if I'm walking in taking my food away all you did was go to the back to the front to bring my food in the bag and you are expecting a tip why is that that's a very good question and who are you tipping and who does the tip go to exactly now i know when we were all this all alone together and the, the pandemic was going on and we were all doing food services and making businesses stay alive and up running I got it. We tipped over. Hell, we were tipping 25% on some places for people, for the drivers and for the restaurants. So totally got that. We are out of a pandemic now. Why is there an option? If I'm picking up my food, you would like me to tip you for what? That is a very valid question that I've <laughs> wondered myself. And there's been some times where I haven't even pre-ordered something, but I've you know, just walked in, walked to the counter, ordered something to go, and it still has that tip option. I'm like, who the fuck am I tipping? And then the person <laughs> who the cashier, bless their heart, who's behind the counter, they turn the 
iPad around to you, and they know the position where you either press, you know, you're gonna oh, yeah. them or not. Because they're or no opposite say, yeah, ends of they, the screen. They know. <laughs> they they work enough. They know. And I'm like, nope, no tip, sign my name, and keep pushing. Because again, what am I tipping you for? What's what's happening right now? You know, so um yeah, that's might have you ever wonder why. That's a very good one. It is, because it happened to me today for, for lunch. But it's a place I frequent all the time. And so I tip them here and there, but I was like, my shit's like $25 for some poke. Like, I'm not about to tip you for what? Oh, poke sounds good. Like, what are you what are you doing? So what are you doing? So yeah. So that's friends, if you have any comments or concerns about that, please go to our IG page. Sound Let us know off. how you feel. Sound, Sound off on the issue. Do you think it's appropriate to tip once you go to take out, go do a takeout or takeaway, whichever word you want to use, food from these restaurants? Do you are you uh, warranted to tip? So let us know. Let us know how you feel. Now, something that we started last week that we're continuing through the month of February is going to be the spotlight on Black queer culture. You gotta say it right. It's on black queer culture. I don't think that's how you said it last week, but I don't we'll know. roll with I, that. You listen. I think last week you had a bit more of a bravado. It was a bit more Starlight. Yeah, you had some morale. Black queer culture. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between, we are highlighting Queen, the Queen herself, Queen Latifah. Otherwise known to her family and friends as Dana Owens. So, Dana Owens is an American actress and singer. In 1989, at the age of 19, Latifah released her first debut album, All Hail the Queen, featuring the hits Ladies First. Noted for her work in the music and film and television, Latifah has received various accolades, including a Grammy Award, an Emmy Award, a Golden Globe Award, three Skill Screen Actor Guild Awards, two NAACP Image Awards and has been nominated for an Academy Award. In 2006, she became the first hip-hop artist to receive a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Now, 2020-21, she finally came out to the world Well, <laughs> on stage <laughs> to well. let the people know that she was here, she was queer, and get used to it. Now, we knew the family knew. Um, when I say the family means all the gay people, all the black gay people. We knew she was family. Okay, we knew since Living Single. We knew since um, Set It Off. She was she was playing Chloe. She was herself. She was very comfortable being Chloe. You know what I'm saying? Now I will say all this, Cleo. Cleo, all this Cleo. allegedly, because literally you saying she came out was literally her just saying happy pride, y'all. She never said, I, Queen Latifah, am a proud lesbian lover of a woman. She literally just she, said, she happy pointed out to her y'all. wife. She said, thank you to her wife and their child. She said that she didn't use the word wife. You ain't getting us shut down. <laughs> Damn allegedly, it, I put allegedly, allegedly. Oh, no, some awards show allegedly she said happy pride. And she allegedly appeared to have allegedly came out of the alleged closet of the alleged homosexuality. Is that better? Yes, because right. you're making up a whole scenario. She came out with a rainbow flag. She said, like, 
she literally just said happy pride y'all because it was pride week at the 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 award show that she went to it happened to fall on the same weekend as pride, weekend as pride. and she just said happy pride y'all she, no, she, and she, walked off she said she gave acknowledgement to her wife who was sitting in the front who happened to be a les- a woman who looked like the lesbian persuasion and you know listen we're here for it you know what i'm saying so we wanted to honor the queen either way we love living single Oh, it's a staple in this house. Staple in this house. We actually love any film she really does. You know, oh, only thing that we haven't really that. watched was, I think, The Equalizer oh, yeah, on CBS. I mean, no one's seeing a 50-year-old lesbian fight crime. Who's going to do? <laughs> With, like... Talk about me. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. She, she's not kicking no ass of, like, a six-foot-five man. She's not she's, doing all that. Yeah. She's not doing yeah. all that. Let's Very not suspend true. all of our fucking... <laughs> But either way, we wanted to give you a shout out and say we thank you for your contribution to the black queer life culture, to American culture, to black culture, Um, and just continue being the queen that you are. I mean, you know, she's I think she she's lived her life so much in in a way where. It was like, is she or is she? But she was like, I'm not going to answer. Like, and I'm going to still have this friend trainer on my arm. And y'all can say whatever the fuck y'all want to say. So I respect that. But I was like, man, can you just, can you just come out and just let, let the people know? So then you can be a positive imagery for a young queer person of color. Yeah. You know, so. But Queen, we. Salute you, and you are our spotlight spotlight tonight. There you go. You wait to take a break and come back with these reality roundup. Let's go. Let's pay these bills. BRB. All right, we're back with who? We are back with the Real Housewives of Everyone Has Been Waiting for Potomac Reunion. Let's go. Let's get right into the shit. Okay, the ladies are here in their aqua blues with Andy. Some people, everyone has on some shade of blue. Yeah, even Andy has a blue one. So mm-hmm. I don't know how that became the color, but that is the color. They have a mimic Miami type of background scene that's going on for this season. And, you know, first looks, who was the best dressed out of the whole cast of the ladies that you see on the screen? I am still a fan of Candace's dress. It's extra. It's her. I fucking hate her hair, but she looks gorgeous and she's an event. What about you? You know, sitting down when we watched them, Mia was kind of giving me life. Mia Ensemble was giving me actual life. Standing up is not so much, and I was still here for Ashley's look. Um, But I would have to go with just off this view. I would have to say Mia. Mia is kind of giving. Okay, so let's ask this. Worst. It's it's between the two ladies who don't like each other at this point. It's between Robin and Wing, and Wendy for me. Okay. I feel like this. They're they're. It was like construction paper. It yes. looks very uncomfortable. It looks very. It just looks. It doesn't look. Avant garde. It doesn't. Look You're talking about Wendy. Wendy and and Robert. It applies to both. This applies, it applies to, to both. both. They both look like it's it's some construction paper based type situation, like paper mache. It looks like paper mache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what about you? 
Uh, Wendy, hands down. Like, I don't know, like, that oversized peacock feather that's blue across her chest. Like you said, it just looks like foam core it wrapped around, like, wires. It, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, she's a beautiful girl. She's a beautiful woman. So, I mean, the skin was popping. It was glazed. It was glistening. All the chocolate was doing what it was supposed to do, the Godiva. But it just wasn't a look for her. So, we move on and we have Andy talk about Ashley and Michael's living situation and their prenup. And also, if she has any issues with any new men in her life. And Andy finds out that Ashley has brought the house with Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, they're li- well, Michael has the key to the residence, and their their arrangement is if one uh, they both have keys to each other's home, and one another are supposed to call an hour in advance if they're going to just do a quote unquote pop up mm-hmm. type deal. What's your thoughts about the pop up and and her living situation with her soon to be ex husband purchasing purchasing a home? Well, I mean, we've touched on this throughout the season because that's been her only storyline. I think it works for her. I mean, I can understand the setup. You know, you're co-parenting. So, you know, there are instances where you'll probably need to get into someone else's house. Like, the baby left their binky or you got to get some, you know, a specific item. It's like, okay, well, shit, you're gone. I'm here. Let me just get in and get out real quick. Right. So I'm not opposed to them having keys to each other's homes, um, especially if they're in a good place. Like, if they're in a place where they can communicate and there's mutual respect there, which it appears that there is. Like, Ashley's so unbothered by it. Um, I think it's I think it's fine. Um, I still think it's absolutely weird to buy a home with your ex husband, but our current separated <laughs> husband, whatever legally separated, right? At but this we've point. come to find out <clears throat> she's doing this because Mama ain't got no coin. She doesn't, <laughs> and so Candace, <laughs> my Candace, my chocolate sister, Candace points out the hypocrisy of it all, and she mentions the fact that for. A couple of seasons, a certain person, Ashley, has degraded her and made her feel badly about her, in Candace's words, generational wealth because her mother was the co-signer of her condo with her and Chris. Mm. And so Candace, in the Candace fashion and the only way she can, asked Ashley, well, could you afford your $2.5 million home without Michael's help? Mm. And Ashley responds, you know, it was more than that, but no, I couldn't. She was like, oh, okay. So just wanted, it's funny how it's okay for you to get help, but when my mother, when I, when I have generational wealth supporting me, it's, it's problematic. So it was definitely, um, I'm team Candace on this issue because Ashley, you wouldn't have this spot without Michael. That's why you had to buy it together and you could have brought a different home. And I think that for her to be a young woman, she needs for her to solidify herself as an independent person, I would have preferred for her to buy her own home. Whether it could have been well, shit, five hundred thousand or whatever it is, at least to know that you can support yourself and don't have to look off, look after Michael finances to financially. Because apparently, her prenup is not. Remember when she signed that prenup and she had to stay for five years and all that? Apparently, she's not getting no money. She ain't getting nothing. So. You have two kids by a headache, and you don't even get compensated for that shit. So, I mean, to go back to your point, I think everyone in her life 
would have preferred she bought the home by herself. <laughs> Shit, even people that hate her would have preferred she bought the house by herself. But for whatever reason, she feels like she has to, you know, and like you said, instead of getting a modest, you know, one million or eight hundred thousand home, which I'm sure she can afford that on her own. Exactly. Like Mama had to go for the multi million dollar house. It's like I don't necessarily think you need no. that, especially considering in order to get that you would have to still be under the thumb of this gargoyle. Yeah. But for the next eighteen to twenty years. Such is life. She likes it. I love it. Right, so that was one drama that we kind of went through. And then the second one. Now, people, I hope you had your calculators out. Or you just know basic math and numbers. Because Mia had the entire cast, and I think America confused, on how many board members are there for the company that she had, that her husband was voted out of. So you want to tell the people, do you remember what happened with this situation? Um, barely because it was so confusing that she actually didn't even finish her thought, but she initially had discussed that there were three board members. Two of those board members came together against G, her husband, and voted him out. Now, he still kept all of his ownership but he just didn't have a voice on the board yeah he was it he was, couldn't yeah. make decisions yeah so once the ladies kind of and andy marinated on that they started hitting her with questions and then it quickly became because all the women were like well you say you're a ceo so right. are you on the board and she was like yes i'm on the board it was like okay but you just mentioned only three people were on the board she's like well yes i'm on the board but there were then somehow it became eight, eight people, people on the board right. And they were like, well, you just specifically said that there were three and named those three, but now it's you. So that, so Candace was like, so that makes four. And then she was like, well, actually, there's eight. And then Giselle was like, I thought she was going to say seven. It was, it was a extremely key. confusing. And instead of Mia just articulating herself and being like, you know what, guys, I misspoke. Let me clearly lay it out this way. She just said, you know what? Since you guys are laughing at me, I'm this because this is a very serious issue and I'm just not right. going to talk about it anymore. And it's like, well, good, because I was getting a headache. Right, because the allegations are that they were fronting their lifestyle based off the monies from the company. Yes, so basically they were skimming on top. Right, and skimming on top and trying to do side deals. And so the brothers... Um, voted their brother out basically it was like well no and there was a new contract or some stuff all business shit it just seemed like a very um doggy dog world type of shit that was kind of going on with, it, with it, them it actually sounds straightforward in her first explanation of it i bought three people two people ganged up on the one guy that was probably abusing his power Mm -hmm. probably giving his wife a fake title and she was going around abusing that fake title because there's no way if she's truly a ceo and truly a board member that this could have happened Well, i think she has a board seat but i i just yeah i agree with you that she they were they were giving themselves more credit than they probably should because they have a company but they also had investors and in yeah it. people so, they had to answer to right so and it was a public company so yeah you know either way 
I hope they figure their financial situation out. But mom, they had to downgrade all these different homes and properties that they were renting and all of that shit. So they're no longer in Potomac. Actually. They're not in Potomac. They had that was a rental property. That house was a sixty-five thousand dollar a month rental property that they renovated. Yeah. Um, that was a poor investment. Uh, that was you know, stupid. Why would you put money into something that's not yours? Because was it rent to own? <laughs> with the potential to buy, right. and there are some properties out there like that, right? So I don't know if that was one of them. If they had the thought that they were going to do that, but either way, I wish them well. I hope they figure their financial situation out because we don't want to see people in dire straits, you know, uh, especially a black couple. So figure this shit out. And we also cleared up her cancer scare question mark question mark. Um, I think I don't. <laughs> we kind of did in that a way. was convoluted and confusing. But yeah, she doesn't so, have cancer. But what we did agree or did what we did agree upon is that Mia is good for this show. Oh, Mia's great for this show. Mia is good for this show. She's great for this show. We had issues with Mia, but Mia needs to stay. Yeah. Just don't throw another drink on Wendy, like, cause you know you you gonna get your ass handed to you. But I can't wait for the best friend to come out. Like that's of course gonna be part three. Yeah. yeah but yeah. all that drama, I want to get Jack into that shit. But Mia is good for Potomac. I'm. This is a good addition. I'm happy she's here. I I agree. I think in that moment where Mia was trying to explain the situation with the business, all the women came together. To just laugh at her. Like, <laughs> like if the women did something that they didn't do all season. They just all banded together and was equally confused. Like, they the camaraderie were. was and there. They, like, but you, and they, they were trying to finish each other's question yes. and thought. And you saw, like, ping pong match. It was very interesting and very good. But, but yeah, Mia is definitely, I feel like she earned her, her place. She did. But season. the best part of this first reunion came in the last two minutes of the show. And this came about because we were talking about the Green Eye Bandit, the messy bitch herself, Giselle Bryant. Now, Andy mentions the fact that, you know, hey, this Chris story came about. Why did you wait so long? Some people think that you did this on purpose because the cameras were rolling. Giselle explains to herself basically saying that Hey, Ashley was coming to me saying Chris was in her DMs and some of her friends got DMs from Chris. So she felt, you know, I want to jump on the Me Too bandwagon. And I'm not saying that cavalierly. That's just what it sounded like she was saying. Like, you know, hey, Chris made me feel uncomfortable too. So I want to tell my story. It just took Wendy to say, but it's very convenient when you have an issue. You can see someone the entire summer, entire fall. Be in their face, but then when the camera comes around, then you, uh, oh, I had an issue with this person. It's a so it's very much a pattern. What did you think about uh, Wendy's um, analyzing Giselle and Giselle's response to this whole situation? Um, it just reaffirmed my feelings and my stance on Wendy, why I love her so much. Wendy gets a lot of hate, but no one can articulate, can observe articulate and express themselves in a way where it makes so much sense really like Wendy in real time also it, but in real, in real time time not like oh watch what happened live like you know eight weeks later yeah. like no like in real time she'll see what you're doing 
call it out and we'll move on yeah and that's exactly what she did and usually the person there to catch that alley-oop when she throws that shit out there <laughs> is the MVP Candace and that's exactly and what that's happened. what the fuck she did so what did she do so Candace after Wendy brought up that alley-oop essentially Candace was like okay call Giselle out on the behavior and the things that she was doing it actually mentioned i can't remember if this was before or after uh wendy but mentioned how giselle had opportunities like exactly. specifically yes. opportunities like her album release, release party, party yep. uh where it, this one wasn't uh recorded no they actually showed the photo and yeah they actually they, showed they a photo and giselle was like i didn't i didn't see you and no i still like, she but she said would you have rather me told you there <laughs> so Kenneth says but you wait till yeah. you get a motherfucking <laughs> national, national motherfucking TV. TV. Yeah, like I think to say the shit. It would have been uncouth to tell her at her album release party, but it would have definitely been a lighter blow than telling her in front of millions of people. Yes. To which Giselle just sat there looking blinking. She did with nothing to come back with. And then <laughs> I have to go quote by because we can't play the audio, but Candace basically says like. <laughs> You have this potential to always want to break down a family. She said, but you had your uterus over there and your dwindling uterus story. Like you could have told that shit, but you chose not to. You try to attack my husband. Which while it was very funny <laughs> and witty, it was also extremely true. It was very like, true. Giselle could have actually had a storyline this season. Giselle's only storyline this entire season was the Chris allegation. That's, it. That's all. Which was a fake allegation. Yes. But we have came to a conclusion or a theory. I'll say theory. We came to a theory of how this works, right? So we know Giselle is her own EP for this whole show, right? Yeah. And so what happens a lot is a lot of the Giselle has to do a lot of the legwork to get some of this shit started. Yeah. She's a point guard. Point guard in the whole situation. And ride with us on this, ride with me on this um journey as I tell you the reason why Giselle's good for this show and she's never gonna go anywhere. Giselle can throw all this shit out and she'll be messy as fuck and but then she'll throw a stone, hide her hand. And then wants everyone to talk about some shit. And at the reunion, at the reunion, what happens is it's been for the past like three to four seasons, she gets dragged and she sits there and she takes it. Yeah. Reason being, she's like, I'm only here for 18 hours. I don't give a fuck about these hoes. Because she all she all, she's never not said by Andy. The entire seven seasons of this entire show. Yeah. She's always sitting right there by Andy. So I think she understands her role in this group of ladies is I can be the bad guy. You went, um, not Wendy. What's that brought in? Monique had the entire binder talking about her husband, her ex-husband, his funky dick type shit, all type Ooh, of that shit. Was a drag. And she gets dragged all the time and she sits there and take it. And I have a respect for her for that because I'm like, she know how this TV game works. So she's like, I can do all this extra shit. I don't really give a fuck because I'm getting my paycheck anyway, but I'll sit here for 18 hours and y'all can have fun at it. Mm -hmm. And once they're done, that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we kind of was like, she's smart in a way, but I don't 
like the fact of her attacking people's families, like that whole or making up false accusations. There or, is a line that should yeah, be there. That should be crossed because Andy was had the issue. Oh, he brought he mentioned this fact of it, and I wanted to ask her opinion about this because we're, we're gay, but this don't really well it can apply to us, I guess. Um, Andy was confused about this whole situation of them being in the room together. He was like, "So you're two adults in the room. What's the problem?" But I think in black heterosexual culture, I think they see, oh, I can't be with a married man in the room because I'm a single woman. He's a married man. Like, if he don't want you, like, what do you think is going to happen in that situation? So what, what's your thoughts about that? Because that particular, I'm glad that you brought that scenario and thought process up. Because the reason why that is such an issue, because in black culture, toxic masculinity is so highly regarded and perpetuated that if a man, <clears throat> if a man is in a room with a woman, he just can't help himself. Men right. will be men. So let's just remove that temptation from him because God forbid he thinks critically enough to say, okay, this is not my wife. Let me not fuck her. God forbid <laughs> right. a woman will be in a room and say, okay, this is not my husband. Nothing is going to happen. God forbid right. either two of those scenarios happen. So it's best, you know, if a grown ass man and a grown ass woman that aren't married just stay as far apart from each other if there's no one else in the room. That's such asinine thinking to it me. Is. I don't understand. And it's not because I'm gay. It's just because I'm a critical thinking person because in it, the same thing can happen in the gay world. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I've, like, I've met strangers and had them in my room. I've mm -hmm. told you went to a, a, a party, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or whatever. And it's like, it's no thing. Like, who the fuck was you trying to fuck? I'm like, no, we're just fucking friends or, or, or many people on the street talking. Right. And so when Andy, you saw him literally thinking like, what is his problem? Yeah, what and he's like, what here? is the issue? And I think also Chris being white, it's like, I don't understand. And I'm looking like this makes a lot of sense. And I think maybe the world culture. also people haven't talked about this, but I know in black culture, it's a big thing. Like you better not be in no room with no married man, like a hotel room with a married man by himself. Why not? Like if y'all, if you know, Chris, you had a good relationship with Chris. He asked you, Hey, I want to talk to you for a second, whatever. Come to my room. What's the fucking issue? Especially if you all are at the hotel. You're all at the if hotel. All it's, not like, it's not like he, he it's not like he cornered you. And now if he cornered you in a in a in a space or he had positioned himself where you felt like you needed to run and you couldn't get out. He took his dick out, some shit. Like if he did some type of predatory shit, I get you. And I'm not I, I just for me it's just looking at like so man and woman can't be friends and be in the room together. Black people like what and that's why Andy, I'm so glad he did that. He was like, I don't understand the issue. And also it's context because it's not, again, like they were on the street. They saw each other. and He was like, come up to my hotel room real quick. Right. They were all already in a hotel filming something together. And the only place that they could get privacy was in a room because he wanted to talk to her, whatever the situation was. It wasn't like they were at dinner and he just like, you know what? You want to come back to my hotel real quick? Like, I, yeah, I just we talked about yeah. this at nauseum, but I don't. Yeah, it, it was a good 
perspective you brought up. Yeah, I think it's just a black heterosexual shit and what, like you said, toxic masculinity going on. Um, I don't understand it. So if you guys do understand it, please <laughs> go to our page and help us out. Let us understand what is the issue with two adults going to a hotel room to talk if they're friends. And one is married and one isn't. So, you know, let us know. So, anyway, that was Real Housewives of Potomac, the reunion. We have part two and three coming up. Can't wait for all the hot topics with that shit and all the juicy goss that's going to happen. So, let's go ahead and move up the East Coast and go to Jersey and talk about the Real Housewives there. So, we first see that Rachel, the new housewife, she takes her daughter to take some photos for her birthday. It's her second birthday. And I was curious to know, why are we following this lady and her child to take pictures? Because we literally have nothing else to talk about as far as Rachel goes. Like, I feel like out of the two newbies, Danielle is the clear, like, front runner, front runner of the Jew. Okay. Like, I feel like the Bravo was, like, really, like, yeah, Danielle's going to be the new girl. And then they saw... Rachel and I feel like maybe Rachel was just a friend of but maybe she did something later on down the the road that we haven't seen yet that they were like oh no we gotta we gotta give this bitch well they don't carry anything but we gotta you know give this bitch a black dress but like she gotta be in the opening I just feel like she hasn't like Claudia Jordan in Atlanta where she was supposed to be a friend of but then she cussed Nene the fuck out and they're like give this bitch a peach so we didn't really see much of her in the beginning um I think that's what's going to be with Rachel. What she's so. gonna do, who knows? But I feel All like right. I feel like she was probably like a late addition. Well, I'm glad you have hope for her because she's born to me. And I then once they broke down the story of, you know, they had difficulties with trying to get pregnant and she had a miscarriage. So my heart bled for her for that, but they have a couple of embryos left. They did IVF. And so, you know, they have their I'm not gonna say miracle baby, but you know, they have their child now. And so Kudos to them and her Italian husband stud that he just looks weird to me. Her husband. He just yeah looks just... They're just a weird looking couple. I find it fascinating. Well, I think she's gorgeous. I just think that it is always so fascinating when you see like a pretty woman with like a ugly man. Because pretty girls like ugly men. Beyonce and Jay-Z. Seth, I didn't say more. Well, there you go. So, all right. So then we have Teresa and her new found beau, Louie, talk about some situations. And so Gia comes in and they're talking about Joe and Teresa and then the beautiful Gabriella, her daughter, who happens to be Melissa's goddaughter, mm-hmm. um, come in and they talk about what Melissa and Joe said on a podcast that happened in 2001 about them kind of being there for the girls while Teresa was locked up in jail because her trash ex as husband did some shit and put her in this situation. And so to the point where Gabriella is like, they didn't really do shit for like they, she was like, I don't understand how someone's trying to take credit for something. They, they weren't here. So what did you think about Gabriella who rarely speaks and wants to be on camera? coming to say something do you think that was appropriate for her mother to put her in a situation to do that or you think she did that on her own free will i now if it was any other circumstance i would say like it was 
probably not the best to involve them. But the only ones that can really speak on that is them. Like, Teresa wasn't there. Teresa wasn't around. <laughs> so, you True. know, anything that Teresa talks about is going to be hearsay. The only people that were actually there and uh, that can attest to what Melissa and Joe are saying are these two girls. And the fact that I just thought it was uh, hilarious because for for me, I actually stan Gabriella. Like, she is the unbothered queen. She doesn't get into anything. <laughs> right. She just kind of in the background, looks pretty. Like, the entire 13 years the show's been on, she's always just kind of chilling. To me, she's the prettiest... I'm not putting the sisters against each other, but she's the prettiest one out of all. She's gorgeous. Time. I mean, all the girls are gorgeous. Yeah, the she's very. One. The her and Adriana, the youngest yeah. one, they're the beautiful. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're stunning. But I just found it funny that they were talking about Melissa and Gabrielle was like, "Well, the, y'all, y'all talking about who?" <laughs> Hold on, here I come. <laughs> she was like, "Homework can wait. I'll be down in a sec." <laughs> she's like, "I've got right. Thoughts. I just got in, but let me clock in." Right. right. She's like, "I've got some thoughts." Uh, what happened? But yeah, I, I think they were in the right. I mean, and plus they're almost grown and have opinions. Yeah, I just know that Melissa was on Watch What Happens and she just felt a way about that. She really felt like disgusted that Teresa would bring the daughters into it. I mean, Gia, listen, Gia is like Teresa's sister now at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, she had her <laughs> like own she, on the fly. She had a little background, right. her green I mean, blouse. at this point, just to give Gia a, a damn uh, glass of champagne also. Like, she just needs to be a housewife. Um, but I just feel like Kids should stay in a kid's place. Yes, they were they were there and it happened to them, but just maybe, I don't know, just a, allow them to voice themselves in a different type of way to, to provide, say, hey, yes, they weren't here because essentially the girls just are saying that they only showed up when they were going to film. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. You know, so, you know, two things can be true. We don't really know. Um, they know the whole truth, but I really hope that Teresa and Joe and Melissa at some point, is not now, but at some point they get this together for their family, because family is all you have at the end of the day. And I'm just, I'm just looking at Miss Louie, and I'm gonna say Miss Louie because he's reminding me of Miss Peter Thompson. Like he has got the bug now. He has he's seen himself on the show, and he's like, let me amp it up for this shit because when he meets with the guys for the meetup, yeah, Miss Mama comes in blazing. He, he well one he shows up late very yes. Teresa's handbook <laughs> right and then Joe you know Joe is hurt so the guys meet up at a, um some restaurant in Jersey and I love the guys because I think this is the only franchise I want to see the husband because the husbands and this makes oh, yeah. sense because they are part husbands. of the show yeah because they all get along they all are able to not get involved with the women's shit, but they have their own shit. You know what I'm saying? But they kind of see like, listen, you just you're part of this group. Like they just they tell the new guys like how to kind of take the ropes with this. And they did that with Rachel's husband, which I love that he was I vibe with him because he was like he fit right in to the group. Mm, Louis did. on the other hand is some he on some fuck nigga shit. I don't know what the problem is with him. But all in all they were basically saying Joe had an issue because his in-laws were not invited to the wedding. He brings us up with Louis once he actually gets to the table. And it was Rachel's husband. I can't think of his name, but he was basically saying like for an Italian family, the in-laws were great with Teresa's parents. They were, they were 
a family. Yeah. So for you not to invite the in-laws, like that's a slap in the face. Yeah, that's a big no-no. It's a big no-no. And then also because Teresa is the oldest and the, the it's I guess believed that the oldest daughter is supposed to be like the mother to the siblings. And so she's supposed to take on this mother role for Joe. Mm -hmm. And Joe is hurt. And so you, you clearly see Joe is hurt by all of this and he has antics and he calls Louie a pussy and all these things. But, you know, do you think Louie handled himself in the right way when Joe confronted him? Or do you feel like Louie's in the right to respond the way he responded to Joe? I mean, I think Louie did the best that he could considering Joe was very upset and visibly angry and being loud on tad bit belligerent hitting the table and shit. So I think Louis did the best that he could to stand his ground, but also not escalate it any further to the point where, you know, how it used to be where Joe Judice and Joe Gorga were fucking <laughs> going into fisticuffs at christenings and shit. WrestleMania. So, Right, exactly. So okay. I think Louis did all that he could um, in that particular moment. But also at the same time, he did also say, you just need to talk to your sister. Like, you guys need to talk. So it's not that Louis is trying to, like, rip them apart or just, like, whispering in her ear. I also think that he's just uh, reaffirming his wife and being like, you know what? You're not the bad guy. You're not, you know, at fault all the time. It, like I feel like he's just in his wife's corner, which you can't be mad at. Like there, I think in this situation there isn't a good guy or a bad guy. I think they actually take turns pushing each other's buttons and being stubborn. Okay, uh, Joe and Teresa. Okay, and I think in a situation like that, Louis and Melissa unfortunately have those roles where. You know, they see their spouse hurting. Of course, they're going to be like, well, this fucking sucks. I don't want to see you sad. Right. But at the same time, you don't want to see your spouse be a punk either. You know, so it's right. like you sympathize, but you also sometimes you may put jumper cables on them. And I think that that is where we are right now. Okay. Um, but nobody's going to fix this except for Teresa and Joe. Yeah, I really hope that Bravo... Child allows them to uh, will play for some family counseling because they they cause this shit. No, seriously, right, no, like they call they are the corporate of all this. Like it, if they won't, if it wasn't for this show, Joe would still be here. He wouldn't be in Italy. Then no one went to jail. Like Bravo needs to pay them, pay for some therapy for this family. So, but that's the Real Housewives of Jersey. We'll see what happens next week. Let's move on down this line to some people who got married at first sight. Yeah, so this week we have all of the couples moving into their apartments. Moving day. I hate move fucking moving. In day. High five for no more moving until we win the oh lottery at the newer house. Yes. And then we can just have people do all that shit for us. <laughs> it's Literally a... just show up from a vacation, like, I'm ready to, <laughs> ready to move in. Um, but in addition to moving day, we also get to see uh, one of the professionals be professional. For the first time all season. Pastor Kyle is back. How do you feel about that? You know, I have a love-hate relationship with Pastor Kyle because he doesn't hold these men feet in the, from the past. 
Pardon? No, I was saying specifically the men. He doesn't. Hold he doesn't hold their feet to the fire. He and he he tries, but in past seasons, like I've been disappointed with him. So I don't. He's gonna do what the past the past Kyle situation that he always does. But um, there's some hard hitting questions and some direct some direct conversation that needs to happen with certain people mm-hmm. and two couples in particular. But I'll wait till you go down the line and talk about them. Okay, well, let's start with the couple that I feel probably hate each other the most, and that's uh, Dominique and McKinley. Get a divorce already. Let's just stop this charade. Like, there's no way that they can turn around, because I feel like they legit, not necessarily dislike each other, but there's a lot of, there's legit resentment there, and they just don't each other for like two weeks. This broad, when, when my disdain for her happened, when she said, I'm not about to have a petty argument, he was like, so my dogs are petty? He's talking about his dogs. She doesn't show any interest in his dogs or wants to know anything about him. But to backtrack, she felt she wanted to be with someone who was more established and had, you know, maybe a house and all these type of things. So, you know, I guess a man's man in her eyes. But... Mr. McKinley, McKinley, right? Yes. Apparently, he's into the weed selling business. So, he got a coin or two. So, he's like, you know, I can just move down here. I can get me a house if I want one. But I'm trying to to be the smart thing and see how I feel about this city and and XYZ. So, I just don't understand her. I know you don't like her eyebrows, so I can't wait for this Shade Fest to happen with you, so you have the floor. Uh, actually, no Shade Fest. I'm coming really uh, logically this week. I don't think that they will make it because she has, in her mind, a preconceived idea of what she wanted to, of who she wanted to be with. I feel like she's coming with the energy that the men typically come okay. with on the show, where it's like she's coming on the show expecting this this particular package that she hasn't been high enough to get on her own in the wild. So she came on the show hoping that they would give her exactly what she wanted and not necessarily what she needed. So she has this man that she actually needs in her life, but she can't see that because he's not in a, a particular package that she wants. And she's just been... I think the entire time that they've been together doing like even on the honeymoon doing and even though she's been initiating it's been strictly initiating things that she wants to do and having uh, or feeling some type of way when he's not reacting the way she specifically wants him to. I think it's an issue that she doesn't care about basically any of the shit he cares about or doesn't even care to ask about what he's into i was kind of gobsmacked when he mentioned she never even asked the name of his dogs who doesn't ask like about a puppy a huge deal exactly especially for a puppy parent like for you not to care about who they were with before or or what's important to them um yeah it's it's just sad um and he's checking out He's completely checked out. Like, he didn't even want to look at her apartment. She was no. like, here's my stuff. He was like, uh, can we go now? It was very uncomfortable to watch their interaction where to the point she didn't even want to move in. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to move in with them, with him. And they talk about that. Um, Pastor Kyle does his Pastor Kyle bullshit. 
But something happens next week where I think it's going to be a big deal of something uh, to the point where they may they may divorce. I feel like from the preview that we saw, and I would be perfectly fine with that. Uh, moving on down the docket, I mean, I felt like they were the spiciest couple, but then we have Gina and Clint. Now, Gina ain't trying to move in with Clint, not at all. What are and she actually tells him that, and she double quadruples down and tells Pastor <laughs> Kyle that shit when he comes. She's like, yeah, no, nobody. What do you think about Gina and Clint? I think that Gina is. Um, trying to use her pussy power in this. Now, do you want to say you'll be uncomfortable? You slept in the bed with a man you didn't know for like, you knew him for less than 40, 48 hours. You slept in the bed with him. Yeah. So what's wrong with sharing a space with him for this process? This is my issue with this show. It's just like the, pe- the girls that go on Rue when it's always a sewing challenge. You know for the past 15 years, it's going to be a sewing challenge. Take your ass, go to a school, take a class or two. This show here, Married at First Sight. You have to move in with the people. You know this. Why are we having these conversations, arguments about being uncomfortable or talking about, well, let's go. I'll stay in my place, you stay in yours, then we'll come back for a second. And that doesn't work. You're going to have more space. And you're not going to be in the same space with the person to actually get to know them and want to know, get to know them. So I think Gina is using her pussy power to try to be like, to manipulate a situation to say, well, I don't feel comfortable um, because where we are. And I think we'll be better just being in our own places and then getting to know each other, which Pastor Kyle calls bullshit on that. I'm glad he did. Clint is willing to work on the shit with her. Like he's like, I don't think that's a good idea, but all right, you know, you take one room, I take the other. Like that can still work because you're still in each other's lives. But, you know, um, I hope at some point, maybe the second week she decides to move in with them. Um, What did you feel about their situation? Yeah, I think what she's trying to do is just put in safeguards for herself where if they're not living with each other and at the end of the eight weeks when clearly they decide not to be together she can at least have something to blame it on like instead of her looking like the bad guy she can be like well we just didn't spend enough time together and that's why i'm choosing not to stay together instead of just saying I'm not into it. I don't like gingers. I don't like redheads. Like whatever. The, Be careful of the ginger word. Cause, or you know. her just saying, you know, you hurt my feelings. I've never fucking recuperated because I have, you know, weight issues since I was younger. Like, I, I just think there's not a level of uh, of accountability on her end that it or needs honesty. to be. Or honesty. There's no honesty. Dude. There's no honesty. And I think that she's trying to cover it up with smoke and mirrors and say oh I'm just not comfortable and I think that I'd be more comfortable if we had time apart like girl just say the real deal and she's not being real which is an interesting question I have for you why are these people not being honest you've just met this person so I can be completely honest with a stranger Yes, it's difficult to be honest with someone that you've had in your life or or friends or whatever or a, a significant amount of time but someone you just met like you that's the ideal time to be as completely transparent. Like, yo, I don't like what the fuck you did. Like, that's a problem. I don't understand why they're not being so more like that. That's very interesting. But here is my take on that because it is not just them. 
It's them plus America. So I think that they are aware that they will be perceived a certain type of way because there has been past seasons where there have been people that have been aggressively honest and transparent and they've been completely drugged. Well, no, because it's, it's a difference being honest and a difference being cunning and being a cunt. Like that cunt named Melissa. Okay, or what's her name? Actually, I'm like, what's her name? <laughs> I don't know. But it's a difference between being cunning and being a cunt. Like, no, yeah, 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 yeah. It's between, definitely, you know de- it's definitely different between being a bully or someone that's just abrasive and being honest. But I honestly think that they take into account public opinion when some of them are on the show. That's the only thing I can think of because, like you said. You have really nothing to lose. You have being nothing to lose with saying, you know what, like, what's going on here? Or I'm just not vibing with you. This is not going to work. I know myself. I know I'm not going to get over this shit. Like, say that. I can. Res- I think an American, the producer, and the show can respect that. Now, you may fuck up your check, but hey, did you go in this for a check, or you went, to, or you went into this for marriage? But I mean, also being vulnerable <coughs> is not the easiest thing to do regardless of you signed up for this you know what you were doing you had to go through a psychological test and evaluation you know how hard that is to the depths of what they have to go through i don't want to hear that so but who who do we have next to break down and make cry we have kirsten and shaquille and we saw that kirsten has zero furniture and apparently lives in a trap house talk about being (laughs) Oh, not the trap house. I honestly, here's my take, really quick. Go ahead. I think I think it was a stunt. I don't think that's Kirsten's real apartment. There's you said no it was Airbnb. I think it's an Airbnb. <laughs> I'm dead serious. There's no fucking way. There's one thing to be a minimalist. Yes. And to not have nightstands. Like where you don't even need them on both sides of the bed. Just one. But just one. Where do you put your water? She was like, where do you put your phone? She was like in the bed with me there was like no pictures there was nothing. nothing her apartment yeah. honestly looked like the apartments they move into like the generic <laughs> the model, home, model yeah. apartments it's like i don't think that was her place now also now her being a black woman from the south you know we all know the coconism that we have the coconism that we have of uh, you're not supposed to put your purse on the floor why Cause you'll always be broke. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she has her purse, her Louis bag on the floor, I kind of rock with you. Her I, Louis I, I, was I'm the loving... nightstand. <laughs> you <know>. It literally <laughs> was. That's that what her what the nightstand was. I support what you putting down. Yes, I. It could be Airbnb situation, but yeah, it 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 was it was bad. We never saw his spot though. We never saw. His place. Um, we didn't. I don't know if they showed. They showed like a little bit, and I think they may have even showed a bit more. The episode when um they didn't go to Jamaica, they ended up having to go to his hometown because he had school shit to do. Right. But for whatever reason, in this episode, we didn't go back to his place. Um, but yeah, they're still not going to stay yeah. together. Um. So Pastor Kyle sits down with him. And I'm laughing because he says, you guys are a power couple. And my head automatically went to, so they're a bearded couple. And if you guys don't know what a bearded couple is, that means there's a gay guy and this a straight woman. And they can perform or be a very powerful dynamic duo, right? They can have their shit together. But because of his or her, let's say, because it can be both people, um, 
sexual preference, they are someone's is someone else's beard. And he says, you guys will be the perfect, like you guys are a power couple. I felt that Pastor Cal's congregation probably are filled with people like that. Um, Cause well, he feels, if he, if he sees them as the ideal power couple, it's very clear that someone's not living and living and walking in the truth. And, um, she tries to allude to not the, the sexuality part, but to the fact she's like, there's no romance here. There's nothing. Like, I don't, I don't lie with him. Like, there's, there's nothing. Doesn't she literally say that she's not attracted to him? She basically says <laughs> that. She literally says that. She, she says that in more or less a very obvious way. And he's like, but you hold, she's like, oh, okay. Then, yeah. Okay. There's some attraction. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Like, it's just obvious that. He is not what she was looking for. Um, and he is just happy that a and, woman likes him. And this is the thing. She's not willing to play ball. Like no. he he just I think because I, I do think that he is a homosexual. Yeah. And I think that he just wants a woman to play along. Yeah. Like just play your role. I'll take care of us, gotcha. but let's just keep up appearances. Yep. Like she's not playing her role and at least trying to play the part for the cameras. Um, and I think that's his issue with her. Her issue with him is that he's just not the nigga she wants. Right. So, so that's, that's them. them. <laughs> um, next we have Jasmine and Eris. I don't have much to say about these two other than he is still an idiot. He said that he's usually would be the type to make R&B videos in hotel suites, but he just can't, for whatever reason, find the, the dick strength to give it to <laughs> her because <laughs> she is very, very, very attracted to him, and he just doesn't feel the same about her. He keeps putting an emphasis on how attracted she is to him. Yes. I've never heard her once say how hot he is. No. I mean, she may mention like, okay, like when Pastor Cat asked how did you the wedding day, she was like, oh, okay, you guys did a good job. He was fine. I feel as if he, like, sir, 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 come a little closer, sir. You are not fine. Like, you are a hood like four out of hood gangster niggas. You're like a four, maybe even a three. You're not fine, sir. So I don't know what this um, elevated delusion of attractiveness of self imagery has came from, sir. But you're not that guy. Moving forward, um, yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, that's all I got for them. <laughs> uh, lastly, is our favorite couple, the goats of the season, yes, Nicole and Chris. So, literally. They are getting along beautifully. The dogs are crazy about her. Right. The dogs, all the three of them actually get along because Nicole and Chris took the time to fucking Google how you introduce dogs together. <laughs> and they did it on mutual territory in the open and not like in a dark hallway uh, like the idiots did last year. So everything is going smashingly uh, with all five of them. Right. The only drama that they had this uh, episode, and it seemed a little contrived, it stemmed around both of their leases being up um, around yes. the same time. So Chris suggested that they both extend their leases 
uh, for what was it, eight months? For nine months. For nine months. Um, just to ensure whatever happens at the end of this process that both of them have homes to go to. What is your thought on that? I think that he either doesn't have family there or friends. Um, I can understand him trying to protect himself in a way like, okay, our lease is up. But you can do a month to month. Like, if you can do nine months, why can't you do a month to month? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's see for a month, see how this kind of works out. Because, again, when you are courting, marrying someone, or, or just married, like, you spending time away is not going to be beneficial or helpful. And after you guys have spent eight weeks together, you're married, you live in the same living quarters, for you then to say, okay, go back to how she mentioned, well, I feel like I'll be dating you again. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Um, and so she's clearly on, she's on the path of after a, she's like, so after we say yes, right. where are we moving to? Right. She's like, what she's on house that are path. we buying together? Like, I love her so much because yeah. she's, she knows what she wants. She's like, I signed up for this shit. It's going to fucking work and we're going to work this shit out. And I think he's just a little hesitant because maybe he hasn't because he hasn't had a relationship with a woman for a long time. I don't know because his dolls are the only interaction he's, he's had with some type of companionship. I'm not sure what his issue is, but I do hope by the end of the eight weeks they do change that agreement that they have. I really hope that happens. I do too. I I think with him, I don't fault him because I honestly. Looking back at how he's reacted to certain things like uh, at the potential of him not being able to take his dogs in or what have you, he doesn't have a safety net. Right. I think he is truly out there in Nashville alone. Yeah. So he has to do things to ensure that he and his dogs will be okay after this situation. I do feel like he definitely wants to be with her and wants it to work out, but he will be doing him and his dogs a disservice if he doesn't have a, you know, a little bit of a safety net for himself. So I can't fault him for that at well, all. Because even, let's say, worst case scenario, right? They move in and it doesn't work out. God forbid it doesn't happen. But I don't see her being the type of woman to be like, all right, you need to go the fuck now. I feel like she could cohabitate with you until you figure out and you get to a new place and she just, and then you get your back on your feet. I just get that from her. She's so much of a, and I don't want to say she's a people pleaser, but she kind of is. She kind of gives that type of energy off, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, or she's willing to do as much as she can to, to, save a relationship or the dynamics of the relationship so um i just hope that by the end of this they choose each other and they do not go with the agreement of nine months separation yeah i feel like they can definitely be a, a great change in each other's lives but that's all i got on them that's married at first sight mm -hmm. so let's get to these queers and steers and deers of rupaul's drag race so this week was uh, Rue Lollapalooza. So basically all of the girls had to lip sync against each other and take them out one by one. One by one. And there was no actual lip sync assassin. Everyone kind of. I wouldn't say that. I would say would between. Who is the lip sync assassin of the season? 
Anitra and Sasha Colby, that last lip sync was magical. Baby, that, to that, take away from that. That was that is that is what this show is supposed to be. There were seasons where every lip sync battle was just like that. Yeah, memorable. Memorable everyone. And these girls, you know, they try to do some um Jedi mind tricks to let me pick a girl who I think I can beat. But the, the gag was when you got the ball, your name got called, you picked who you wanted to go up against. And then that girl had the chance to pick the song. So it was a fair playing field, right? Yeah. So some of the girls will pick a song like, okay, well, I think she would want to, you know, do this song and won't be that good. And some people, you know, did good. Some people didn't. So I was happy with who was eliminated when it was oh. all said and done. Absolutely. Uh, spoiler alert. Well, shit, the shit <laughs> came out a week ago. <laughs> uh, no spoilers. Everybody know it. Jax was eliminated. She should have been gone episodes ago. While she is an entertaining lip syncer, yes. because she's very acrobatic, I think that's all that she had to offer. Like, there's only so many Boom Boom Cat type songs that can happen. And at this point, she lip synced already three times by the end of the night it was like five times and you've seen every move that she possibly could have done right and the way she got to lip sync because they're the last three girls and so out of the last three it was Jax, it was spice and i forget her name but she looks like detox's child anitra anitra and so the gag was whoever ball got called out that girl got to save one of the contestants and so out of spice and jacks people thought okay well she's gonna fucking save jacks and go with spice because she can lip sync against spice and spice was not a lip sync girl at all but what anitra did was she's actually saved spice which i thought she would do which was the best thing and she went get, went up against competition unfortunately jacks thought that doing all this the flips and kicks and cartwheels and tumbling would help her because what was the song that they did? Finally by C.C. Pinnison. Finally by C.C. C.C. Pinnison does not need a kick, a tumble, a backhand spring, I mean, a backhand spring tuck. Like, she don't need all that. Especially when we've seen it already four other times at this point. Like, she's literally done the exact same moves four other lip syncs. So, it was just old. And it yeah. was just time. For, it wasn't surprising. It wasn't shocking. It was just time for it to go on. Yeah, I think... My thing with drag and seeing the girls perform, when you're able to do all the acrobatics and all that stuff, it's cute for a moment. It's cute. It's a surprise element. Mm -hmm. But when you bank on that as your gig, mm -hmm. like you said, it gets tired. It gets old. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, um, I want to see you sing the song. I want to see you perform the song. Made me feel entranced by you. And so... Jax unfortunately didn't do that, but I think she will have a great career. Uh, he's a cute boy. Um, he and is a much cuter boy than a drag queen. I will. He's say that. very much cuter boy than he is a drag queen. I don't see him going that far, but that's very optimistic of you. Um, but for me, Jax wasn't. I'm just being honest. Jax wasn't memorable. Jax wasn't. I mean, other than lip syncs and acrobatics, I nothing that Jax did this season. I feel. We'll be talking. But about we can say now. there's been other queens who have been on the show before who haven't done as much 
and then they came back and some the world loves them and they've done a lot of shit and moved on so i hope because he's a dancer because he also can do a lot of things hopefully he gets booked for a gig in vegas or something or okay you know something like that can, can happen sure. for him so All right. but he gets eliminated and that's where we are. So we have about 15 girls left. Right. <laughs> no, <I'm> just thirty-two thousand. <laughs> well, it's it's now what about eight, nine girls left now? I believe it's eight. Okay, so we're like half. We're at the halfway mark. Halfway mark, but you know, I'm gonna need them to step their pussies up because this is a snoozer. This is yeah. and be honest, because we've gone to the bars and the clubs almost every week for this show. Had we not been in the bars or clubs, would you have fallen asleep on this show or at the house? Fall um, asleep watching this show? Yes, but also when we've gone to bars, I've said it myself, the crowds aren't what they used to be for like past seasons. Like it's just not as dense and thick. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah. It was also cold as shit in LA right now, but true, true. to what you're saying. Very true. Um, so, you know, I just need season 50. 15 and step their pussy up, you know, and not just only Sasha's. You know, she got the. I mean, at this point, just crown Sasha. Like, let's, like, <laughs> let's, let's just crown Sasha. Sasha and be like, okay, <laughs> the new prize is whoever could come in second gets, like, you know, $100,000. Like, just let's make that the. Right. You're into a nature already. Right. I mean, let's stop playing. I finally, I honestly feel like the final two will be Anitra and Sasha. It is. It and there'll be. be another like lip sync for your life moment. And yeah, it's a double crowning. Ooh, I don't need that though. <laughs> so yeah, so that is RuPaul's Drag Race. And um, so our final show we have to talk about tonight, guys. This hits home for a couple of us, and so just buckle your seat. Buckle up, baby, because it's going to be a ride. So we have Real Friends of West Hollywood. And this episode, well, we haven't talked about the last two episodes, have we? I mean, there's nothing much to talk about. Let's just keep moving forward, plowing forward at this point. Yeah. There's no need for context because it. I think that this particular episode and what you're going to talk about is like isolated and anyone can understand and get it. It is. And so um, this, this episode was called Family Matters. And so basically we have uh, Curtis. So Curtis is on the cast. He is the model light skin, Yeah, light-skinned, cute black guy that he's the actor and he just recently came out to his family. Who He's from Kentucky. His family, you know, the seem very conservative or Christian values and all that. And so um, he's fearful of his family knowing, not being, not being accepting of him or having challenges once this show actually airs and having to answer to people. And he just has a thing with his siblings he loves his, both his his brother and his sister they're coming out for his birthday and unfortunately the brother was the only one that showed up and so while he's out with his brother for lunch they call his sister and they talk to her and so she has this conundrum of she tried to play it off or pass it off as she had gotten sick right before leaving mm -hmm. but the brother <laughs> his other brother who's the older brother who was straight was like like bitch keep with a book like you don't want to be here because you, just, you don't want to be on the gay people. Like, let's just... And, but she also ended up saying, like, she she decided that she didn't want to be labeled as the one with the Christian values 
who I can accept you, but I can't accept that. And so by her coming out to LA would be condoning his lifestyle. And I hate that fucking term lifestyle because he's living his life. So what were your thoughts about that? Um, it sucks. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. So I guess my question to you. <laughs> I mean, you're the one with the standpoint. Yeah. So because my thing is this: it's it's family members who try to use Christianity as a as a way to dehumanize you or say I love you, but I can't support that. And so I have a lot to say about this fucking topic, but I was just wanted to give you the space to kind of see if you have ever seen any similarities in your life with this or had any type of experiences with this. Um. See, I haven't, oh, not to cut you off, but I haven't because I just genuinely don't care what my family thinks. So I've never taken a moment to sit in what they think about me or ask. I honestly don't even know what <laughs> many of my family members think about me being gay because it is so not a factor in my life, their no. opinions. And for a majority of my family members, their position in my life is a non-factor to me. So that's why I don't really resonate with this particular storyline. I think it is a crucial storyline. Yes. And I think that this is a crucial topic of discussion, Absolutely. especially amongst black gay men. So Absolutely. I'm really uh, curious and excited to hear your take on it. But as far as, but for me, um, I don't have like a particular connection. I feel like it's, unfortunate that he is in that situation because you can tell he clearly loves his siblings and his family right and extremely cares about what they think i just can't relate <laughs> <coughs> but yeah. what it, oh okay so while you clear <laughs> while you prepare your monologue <laughs> <is> my moment <laughs> i'm here okay go for it my audition now so I'm going to preface this by saying if I have any fam if I have any family members listening right now, I would advise you to stop the podcast this time because I'm about to say some shit that may not be favorable. You may not like what I'm about to say. So, um, yeah, just want to put that fair warning out there. So for me, this is quintessential black fucking people issue that I hate. Oh, so much. Don't disguise your shit of saying you basically you're saying I have I don't love you unconditionally. My love for you has conditions and my love has conditions for you because my belief in God and my religion says that what you do, how you do, like how you live your life is wrong. Now, we ain't going to talk about all the people who aren't married having kids out of wedlock. We're going to talk about the people who are having side bitches and all the other shit. We're not going to talk about the people Who fucking people on their periods or eating shrimp or all the type of things. It's so irritating with black people that you want to cherry pick the Bible to make a reference for you to support your belief system and how you, you want to feel. But we, if we go to the Bible, no one's living by the word of God all the way through. Okay. That's why we have the New Testament. So my thing of it is, is this is beliefs and we can have a belief system to guide us but 
the world has changed. There's a lot of changes in the world. And my thing is, my God, who made me know who he knew who I was before I got here. If I made an image of him, then there's nothing wrong with me. Let's get that clear. First of all, secondly, if you have a condition on, on who I am and what I love and who I who I am loving, because I am me, because I know no difference. I never liked women at all, ever in life. I had girlfriends because I had to play a fucking role. So just like you couldn't change your eye color, I can't change who the hell I am. So if you have an issue with that, you would kiss my black ass, all of it. And so growing up, I always had this mentality and I had that thought process, but I couldn't verbalize it to the way I wanted to because I had to, one, live with my parent mm-hmm. <laughs> and be supported. I couldn't support myself. Um, but once I got to an age, I could, and I just didn't give a fuck. And I came out at the age of 17 and I had support of certain family members or, or what have you. But um, and, and in a way, as this is the bottom line for me. When I told my grandmother, my grandmother told me, you're still my grandson. I love you. And she threw Bible verses at me. But I was like, my grandmother said to me, I don't give a fuck about nobody else in this world. What the fuck you guys say about me? But I, <clears throat> what's irritating for me is the fact that people, Christians, who want to say themselves Christians and want to be so holier than thou, you have all type of skeletons in your fucking closet. You have all type of shit. But we're supposed to be okay with that. Or people, or you may not even be that religious, but you just don't understand. You have an issue with homosexuality. And it's just like, it's part of nature. It's part of the fabric of what the world is. It's been around for fucking centuries. Thousands of years. This ain't nothing new. So, if you don't understand it or can't understand why, I can ask the same question about you. My thing is, you, your heterosexual people have an issue. It's, let me shoot, step back. Heterosexual black men have a fucking issue thinking that their thinking is the only right way and that's it. And that pisses me the fuck off. And every black male in my family has heard my opinion about this and we have gone toe to fucking toe because you're not going to talk to me like I'm fucking crazy. Your opinion does not matter more than mine. Because you got mad shit going on in your fucking life that you don't fucking do, that I fucking see. And I condone and still love you unconditionally, but you have an issue with the way that you say my life statues. No, fuck that. My life is my life. So, if I can support your bullshit, then you should ever support mine. But if you don't, then I see who you are. And my thing is, my thing with that is, you're a hypocrite. You're, you're not, you're less of a man to me, in my opinion. Um, and I just feel that Curtis, to bring me back to the show, he will get to a place in life where he realized he can't protect his family. And sometimes you have to step away from certain family members when they have certain ideas about how you're supposed to live your life. Because again, they are doing shit in their lives. You may not approve, but you still fucking there. You still don't denounce them, but they're so quick to want to denounce or say something against you because of who you are. Again, I was born with brown eyes. I can't change that, nor can I change who I am attracted to, who I love. Period. Blank. And once people understand that type of logic and get that through their fucking heads, then you will understand that you will not, you won't have the high rate of black suicide, of suicide rates of queer people. Because they, people don't want to accept 
them for who they are. They didn't make themselves. They didn't go in a book, in a store somewhere and say, let me pick this life that will be disparaging and hard as fuck for me to deal with. No one showed me a catalog to say, let me check this box to make my life harder. That didn't happen. But we're resilient fucking people. So we push through shit. So when something like this comes up, I'm very passionate about it because, again, I've lived this my entire life to a point where I just didn't care anymore. And I was kind of like one of the first ones in my family to kind of come out. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of let the pathway for other younger cousins to kind of live in their truths. And I took a whole lot of shit, which is fine. I'll do that to make their life fucking better. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Um, but I really hope Curtis gets to a place in his life where he can just live and, and don't have to worry about protecting his family or the imagery or thinking about them because at the end of the fuck when it's all said that they ain't paying your fucking bills they're not fucking you they're not supporting you they're not feeding you not, they can be your siblings your family yes but they aren't gonna make you happy they can't make you whole you can't if they truly love who you are, they'll love you regardless of any fucking thing. And there's not going to be no conditions on it or try to hide behind religion and say, well, I can support you. I just don't support that. Because, again, are they eating shellfish? Are they wearing... Did they sacrifice their first child? Like, there's a lot of things in the Bible that they're not doing also. But, again, they want to cherry pick what they want to be convenient for them. To be comfortable. So. That's my take on that. Okay. And that's. <laughs> and that's that. we all. <laughs> that's what, we all. I just. Everybody. It's just. Because when I. When I saw. His plight. I saw his. The anguish in his eyes. He was crying. Talking to his brother. His brother was like. I just love you. He was like. All the other stuff. We can figure that out, but I love you and I'm here to support you. He didn't even say, he didn't try to use the Bible, but his sister is the one who pissed me off. And that shit resonated with me with some other family members and things. And I'm just like, yo, we're not doing that. Because again, I can go there with you if you want to go there. And I've said this to people many times in their fucking face and they chose not to do that with me because they already know I'm not the one or the two and I'm not damn nor the three. So, Anyway, well, wrapping up yeah. this. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wrapping up this wonderful episode of Oh That's My Gay Friend. Um, babe, what is your who is your bestie of the week? Um, so my bestie of the week, I'm actually going to split it and give it to Nicole and Chris from Married at First Sight for knowing the show that they signed up for and actually giving themselves to the process. And uh, doing what they are actually supposed to do on the show. And that's giving each other a chance. Who knew? I love that. I love that. That's amazing. What? Who are your besties? It, I, I, it has to go to Candace for the fucking read for Giselle. I'm sorry. Like, I think Candace is <laughs> taking the record. She's been the, between the she's two been, of us. She's, she's been the best of like the week for three times. They so like a like, month running. <laughs> She's still standing. Like, still standing. You know, she, she got some more shit to, to probably say. She might be a bestie coming up. But oh, yeah. Candace, you know, hands down, this week was my bestie of this week. So, you guys, uh, we want to thank you for giving us almost two hours of your time for today. 
Um, you have 22 more hours to be with yourself. Be kind. Um, again, if you have any uh, comments or questions, concerns, please go to our IG page and leave them on oh, that's my gay friend at IG or you can email us any questions, comments, or concerns at oh, that's my gay friend at gmail.com. I also wanted to add really, really quickly, guys. We know it's a lot of you guys that are listening now. We thank you and we appreciate you. But if you could also leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on whatever respective uh, platform that you listen to, because the more reviews a podcast have, the algorithm, the way the algorithm works is that podcast is suggested more to other people. Therefore, more people will listen to us. Therefore, more great things will happen. So if everyone that listens to us at least leaves one review, that will help us out tremendously. Give us five stars. Of course, we want good reviews. Keep um, the negativity to yourself. No, no I want the negative. Bring the heat. We want the smoke. Bring the negativity. Too, you want that, the smoke. That only helps us grow. That helps us grow as a people. So we want the negativity as well. Not only the good shit. But give us reviews because that helps us out in the long run. So yes. thank you and appreciate you. Thank you, guys. And so on that note, friends, be kind to yourself and, you know, hug a neighbor or that fucked up family member you have. Just, you know, sometimes you guys just give them a space, but then give them a hug. Okay. Until next time, friends. Bye, Bye. friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen, did y'all really think we were going to teach y'all something? This podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend or email us your questions at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. Until next week. Bye, friends. <laughs>